Yo, this is Josh Tongle, and this is episode number four of the Flipside Podcast. So let's do this. up everyone hope everyone's doing good i had a pretty awesome weekend uh we got to celebrate my dad's 68th birthday man he still looks good for his age uh still healthy and strong uh you see the thing with my dad is that he always keeps himself busy because he's always working on his garden uh because he can't just sit around and watch tv all the time which i think is a good thing right but anyway i'm just really thankful that he's still alive and doing well I also got to attend something called Beanie Beaning Pilipinas USA. I'll say that again. Beanie Beaning Pilipinas USA, which is a beauty pageant for Filipino Americans. And just so you know, uh, it's not really my thing. It's not the kind of places that I usually go to. But for two weeks in a row, my wife was able to assist for hair and makeup for the contestants, which was a good experience for her. And uh, I also had a chance to meet Apple the App of the Black Eyed Peas and the one and only Tia Carrere. Man, I remember watching Tia Carrere back in the day, dude, like in the movie Wayne's World. You guys remember Wayne's World? Awesome movie. And if you haven't seen it yet, go check it out if you want a good laugh. And I recently created a Patreon campaign where if you guys enjoy the show, you could actually support it financially if you'd like. Now, If some of you don't already know, it actually does cost money to create these podcasts. And sometimes it can get pretty expensive too. So Patreon, it's basically like a tip jar, right? So no strings attached. I'm not going to charge anything for you to listen to the show. It's still absolutely free. But like I said, if you guys appreciate what I do and if you'd like to help out, then you can be what's called a patron where you'll be able to contribute and help keep the show going. And it's really easy to do and it would really help me a lot because pretty much everything I've created online for all these years has come out of my own pocket. You can go to patreon.com slash joshuatongle, patreon.com slash joshuatongle, and I'll leave a link in the show notes in case you're interested. Now, as a lot of you already know, I grew up as a Christian and some of you can probably relate. For those who grew up religious, of course, I didn't always act like a good Christian. And to be honest... I was kind of a jerk at times, especially to my family at home and sometimes to people at school. It's like I was trying to live in two separate worlds where I do stupid things here and there on certain days and on other days I try to be this super good Christian and share my faith to my friends. But the thing is, they saw right through me, dude, and they saw my hypocrisy. They noticed the times where I'd be pointing out their quote-unquote sin, but yet I was worse than they were in a sense of my attitude because some people running in my circle were actually a lot nicer than I was but unlike a lot of them with my self-righteous attitude I was still going to church several times a week you know what I'm saying things like Bible study Sunday school youth group and of course Sunday worship but I was never really a theology type of person I was just a simple kid who believed in fact during Bible study I was the quiet one (laughs) which is really interesting now that I look back Anyway, during my high school years, there were a lot of wars going on between the the black and Mexican gangs where there were people literally dying by gunshots and committing suicide out of fear. 
and sometimes the Asian clique, which I was a part of, would get caught up in the mix. Now, just to be clear, I was never a gangster, but some of my quote-unquote friends, and I use that term loosely, were gangsters, and some of them were wannabe gangsters, and some were a bunch of thugs, selling drugs, uh, some of them carried weapons, and getting into fights, and, and all that craziness. But I can honestly say that, that I believe you know, that I was a good person on the inside, even though I hung out with the wrong crowd at times. And, and just like a lot of typical teenagers, I, I struggled with peer pressure of wanting to be cool, uh, but sometimes I wanted to be faithful to my Christian beliefs at the same time. So after my junior year of high school, which is the 11th grade here in America, and, and after going to a lot of parties here and there, wanting to see more of the outside world, so to speak, I eventually reached a point where I just wanted to start my life all over again and be away from all those people who I thought were a bad influence to me and who also knew me as a hypocrite. And so I felt useless as a Christian at the time, like, like, it, like it was too late. So like if I were to share you know, my faith to my friends again, it wouldn't do any good. Eventually, I got my act together. You see, I was never like a pothead and I was never really the type to drink and get butt drunk. But like I said, it was more of my attitude uh, that I had that was not, not so good. And which actually surprises a lot of people today who know me. Uh, so that, that, that's kind of encouraging, I guess, to know that there's, there's a, been a big change in my life. Anyway, I decided to transfer schools my senior year, which was my last year of high school. Now, who does that, right? Because <laughs> I'd have to make friends all over again and, and fast. Because, of course, I'd want to graduate with people whom I can consider close friends. At, at least that's what I wanted. So I wanted a clean slate where the other students knew nothing about me and I could finally try to live out my Christian beliefs and finally make a difference at school. And let me just say that everything changed that year in so many ways, dude. Like a lot of people, uh, thankfully, respected me and my beliefs and a lot of people around me were becoming Christians or if they were already Christians and they were getting quote-unquote right with God uh, based upon my influence. And then later that school year, we were all assigned to work on a major project where we'd give like a presentation at the end of the year for like 30 minutes to an hour in front of a bunch of students. So this was like a really big deal. And my classmates chose fun topics like movies and cars and stuff like that. Of course, we're teenagers. And at first I thought, you know what? I'm going to do my project on breakdancing because uh, that was my favorite thing to do at the time. And it was still pretty popular back in the 90s. But because of the change in my life, I thought, why not do my presentation on Christianity? And I got mixed reactions from people at school, you know, even from my closest friends. And I still remember the day I made my final decision of what to do for my project. And we were in the university library. Because my school, I was at a small school that was on a college campus called Cal Poly, Cal Poly Pomona. And when we were talking about my project on Christianity, one of my friends said, don't do it. And another one said it was going to be boring. And at that moment, no joke, that's when I decided I'm going to do it. Because at that time, my way of thinking was these people need to hear the truth, whether they want to hear it or not. So one of the first stages in the process was to submit like a general idea of the project to our teachers, like a progress report. And back then, like I said, I wasn't much of a philosopher or into theology at all. 
I was just a simple dude, you know, wanting to spread Christianity. And so I'd put stuff on my paper like God is real and the Bible is true and all that stuff. And well, once I got my report back from my teacher, I saw a bunch of red markings on it. And you know that when you see a bunch of red markings on, you know, your, your paper from your teacher, it ain't a good thing, folks, that's for sure. And so the main criticism my teacher had was that I made all these claims but had no substantiation. And I was like, what? You know, I didn't even know, you know, it's kind of embarrassing, but I didn't even know what the word substantiation meant at the time. You know, so I I found out what it meant, which is basically that I showed no evidence or proof for many of my claims. So that made me feel like crap and discouraged. And then the battle in my head went on again. Should I do it on breakdancing or Christianity? Breakdancing or Christianity? But eventually I stuck to my guns and I still went with Christianity. And so the theological journey began. Now at school, we had several different teachers and not just one. Yet we still had like a main teacher who we learned from mostly. So each teacher had like a particular subject that they specialize in. And and one of the teachers found out that I was going to do my project on Christianity. And surprisingly, she took interest in me. And it was my science teacher whose name was Sharon Strauss. And she had such a such a huge heart and, and a cool accent. Uh, she was she was an amazing woman who unfortunately passed away several years ago, which is sad. Um, but I, I found out that not only was she a Christian, but she was really into something called apologetics. And so she was the person who introduced apologetics to me at the time. I never heard of it before. And maybe some of you haven't either, but once again, it's basically a defense of the faith, whether you're wanting to defend Christianity or any other faith, um, historically or philosophically, etc. And the first apologetics book she introduced me to was called The Creator and the Cosmos by Hugh Ross. You guys ever heard of that book? And it was a book arguing for the existence of God from a scientific perspective. And I found this stuff so interesting, dude. And and for the rest of the school year, I met with my teacher a lot, you know, staying after class just to learn from her. And I got to say, it was it was pretty overwhelming, man, because um, not only did she teach me what I was supposed to believe as a Christian, like the doctrine of the Trinity, Jesus is deity, etc. But she also taught me how to defend all those things. And what many people consider to be the major doctrines of the faith. And I remember, and remember, this was all new to me. And so I took in a lot of information at that time. Like I said, it was overwhelming, but it was also pretty exciting too. But what was a little confusing was when she told me that a lot of the preachers and faith healers I grew up listening to growing up uh, were all false teachers. And I was like, what? And I mean, it, it made some sense to me in some ways, but it was also disheartening, you know what I'm saying? I mean, who likes being told that the people you've listened to for most of your life are wrong? But I, you know, I actually took her words seriously because she was smart and very loving, you know, so kind of gave her words more weight. Plus, I also had a lot of bad experiences at some of the Christian events I used to attend back in the day, uh, which in a way confirmed a lot of what she said. Okay, fast forward to the end of the year and it was time for my big presentation Now, let me tell you how much I've grown as a public speaker, guys. Check this out. Right before I was about to speak, I was so nervous, man. 
I remember going outside the outside the class because I was about to throw up, and I was all gagging and my eyes were all watery. I was all red and all that stuff. It was nasty, dude. But then I I eventually found uh, the courage to go back into the room and do my presentation. So in front of a room full of students, I gave the best arguments I knew for the existence of God, the reliability of the Bible, and a lot of you know what my views are about the Bible now. So obviously a lot has changed, right? But anyway, I also brought in a friend to come and share his story of how he was like a thug back in the day and how God changed his life. And then I followed it up with my own story, my own what we call a testimony of how I believe God changed my life. And at one point in my speech, dude, something happened to me that I did not expect at all. And I got really emotional where I couldn't even talk anymore. And I just paused. And close my eyes for what literally felt like 30 seconds, dude, which is a long time when you think about it. And when I opened up my eyes, I saw a good number of people crying too. You know, they were in tears and I was like, whoa, what's going on here? And then came the question and answer part of my presentation. Now, what's interesting is that I attended other people's presentations as well. And I saw their Q&As. And most of the time, uh, students hardly asked any questions, at least the ones that I attended. But dude, during my presentation, when the, when the teacher asked the students if they had any questions, bam, a whole bunch of hands went up. And thankfully, I was able to answer every single one of the questions. Well, except one. And I was stumped. And then this one girl in the class who knew, who I knew was a Christian, ended up answering the question for me. And I was like, boom, all the questions were answered. Success. You know, so I was on this high for many years thinking Christianity is the best explanation of the world and I felt like it was untouchable, dude. So if there were Muslims or atheists wanting to, you know, wanting to debate, I was like, bring it on, you know. And but look at me now, right? For, for those who are up to date with my latest teachings, you know that a whole lot has changed. So what happened to me? And that's why I find the whole process of belief to be such an interesting topic for me. Why did I believe certain things back then, even passionately? And why do I believe differently now? Think about it. What, what do you believe now? Do you believe in the same things you used to believe as a kid? Like Santa Claus or the Tooth Fairy? Because if so, that's pretty cool, man. Me too. I still believe in that stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but seriously, why don't you believe in certain things anymore? Why were some of you atheists before, but are now Christian, or vice versa? Why were some of you Christians before, but atheists now? Now, if you remember my story, my teacher taught me what many evangelical Christians believe and what I was supposed to believe. And that's something really important to point out, what I am supposed to believe. Because if I don't, according to a lot of people, I wouldn't be considered a genuine Christian. Which then means I'm not really saved, which ultimately means I'm going to end up in hell forever. So to many religious folks, my beliefs, or should I say lack of beliefs, have eternal consequences. But let me ask you this. Were you ever told to believe something taught by the church, right, where you even confessed with your mouth that you believed it? Or maybe you even shared it with other people, but deep down you really didn't believe it. Or, or possibly you weren't even sure if you believed it. But it's like you told yourself that you believe it. 
just because you're supposed to. Does that make sense? If you grew up in America, what religion are you most likely going to hold to? Christianity. You grew up in China. You're a Buddhist. You grew up in Saudi Arabia. And you're a Muslim, right? Now, it's not always the case, of course. There are exceptions. But we can't deny the influence our environment has on us. Like when I lived in the Philippines for several years, Roman Catholicism dominates. And many people claim to be Catholic over there. But if you talk to a lot of Catholics one-on-one about certain doctrines, they're not even sure what they believe about their own religion, right? But it's part of their culture. And many times people do religious rituals simply because it's just that. Rituals. They don't know why they do it. They just do it. Because they're supposed to. Or because everyone else is doing it. And I was guilty of doing that growing up too. But what if what the majority believes is wrong? What if it's all a lie and complete bullshit? What if a particular doctrine was made up out of a person's imagination for fun? Or even just to control you? Seriously, what if? Right? Now, I'll be honest, I didn't become a Christian because I investigated it like Lee Strobel in his book, The Case for Christ. You know, if you guys are familiar with that book, I'll be straight up with you guys. I was born into this stuff. I was born into Christianity and it's all I really knew. And it wasn't until later in life that I finally found reasons that I found good enough at the time to share and to try and persuade other people. In other words, what I'm trying to say is this. I believed first and found support i.e. evidence after. Now, that doesn't mean my beliefs were wrong, but it doesn't mean they were right either. In fact, I could have been born into a belief system that could totally be true without reasoning my way into it and just be stinking lucky. You know what I'm saying? But even if I didn't really think about all the historical and philosophical arguments for the existence of God, I did have my reasons for believing though, for sure. You know, I had certain experiences back then where I would identify the source as a loving deity. Now, whether it's true or not, that's that's a whole other issue. But that was my paradigm I was working with at the time. But back to the whole idea of expecting people to believe. Now, back in the day, I used to share my Christian faith a lot. And I've also seen the way a lot of people share their faith as well. For example, they'd lead some random person on the street to Christ by asking them to say the sinner's prayer. And then boom, they're saved. And what happens? They say things like, okay, now you need to go find a local church to attend. So this new convert goes to church and attends Sunday school and learns all the so-called basics of the Christian faith and is told once again what he or she is supposed to believe. And I say so-called basics because a lot of Christians around the world can't even agree on some of these so-called basics. So that's something to even think about, right? Who's the one drawing the lines here? But let's talk about some of the basics for a moment, at least for a lot of Christians in the West. So there's the belief in one God, the Trinity, virgin birth, the incarnation, Jesus' deity, the death and resurrection, salvation by grace through faith alone, heaven and hell, etc., etc. Keep in mind, I'm not saying these things are true or false. I'm just mentioning them. Now imagine a person from, let's say, Asia having no background knowledge of of any of these things at all, and is told to believe in them now, what should she do? Should she believe them? Or can she believe them? Now let me ask you something. Can you just believe something? Think about it. Let's say I go up to you and be like, I want you to believe that 2 plus 2 equals 5. Okay? Believe it. Come on, believe it. Right? Is that how belief works? In other words, can you choose to believe something? 
or is belief something that happens to you or both think about it now imagine being told to believe something that doesn't make sense to you and then having someone tell you that if you don't believe you're gonna burden hell for all eternity would you think that's fair and if there is a God who, who functions that way you know believe or burn would you even want to love and worship a kind of God like that honestly right or or what if one scientist tells you to believe in evolution and then another scientist tells you to believe in intelligent design and and both are speaking from authority and yet they disagree with each other so who do you believe or or one preacher says God told him one thing and then another preacher says God told him something else that totally contradicts the other guy or other girl whoever who do you believe or what about the people we admire because sometimes that could actually get in the way of us thinking for ourselves for example I remember during my early years of studying philosophy and theology, I was so obsessed with this one author that I literally had around like 40 to 50 of his books. And I mean, his words were almost infallible to me. Now, of course, I'd never say anything like that back then, but whenever I'd read his stuff, I'd give his material so much weight because of the respect I had for him. And respect is fine, right, to some degree. But when you don't seriously consider your own beliefs, and your own convictions because the one you admire sees things differently well to me i think that's a problem you see th that's what happens when you put someone on a pedestal and it's funny to me because now these days i disagree with so much of this guy's stuff or maybe you have a favorite preacher or teacher or speaker or author or musician or whatever sure consider what they have to say but don't believe them just because be true to yourself be true to what you believe in how you understand things because just like everyone else they're human right and, and sometimes these people can get things right but sometimes they can get things wrong all right so let's say you believe in god and the devil or in the bible or the quran or new age or the law of attraction or whatever why why do you believe in those things do they really make sense to you or have you not really thought about them deeply you see, sometimes when I question, let's say a Christian, a Christian person's beliefs, they'll say things like, stop using your mind. Things don't always need to make sense, Josh, just believe. Well, you know, but my question to them is this, why are you not a Muslim or a Buddhist or a Hindu or an atheist? And obviously they'll give reasons of why they aren't any of those other things and give reasons like God changed my life or the word of God is true or whatever and, and whether they realize it or not they're also trying to make sense of why Christianity is true for them and that's fine but we all have reasons so why do people believe things right and, and I think there are two things that really impact a person's belief number one is logic and the second one is experience you see sometimes we end up believing something because we're persuaded right for example we hear someone say something and argue something and we're like hmm that makes sense or we believe something because of experience for instance some people believe in god because of a near-death experience they had i mean you, you can argue with them all you want and say there's no god but then these people would say hey i know what i experienced on the other side now whether or not their nde had any basis in reality is debatable but still a personal experience is very powerful when it comes to influencing our beliefs so once again what about you what do you really believe why do you believe what you believe 
And do you have any solid evidence for your beliefs? And is it possible that a lot of your beliefs now have no basis in reality and are probably a bunch of lies? Now, however you answer those questions, what are you going to do about it? You know, because I'm not here to tell you what to believe or what to do. That's up to you. But one thing's for sure, guys. Our beliefs do matter because ideas have consequences. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast and I'd love to hear your thoughts and your questions. And if you have any, just leave them in the comments below. And who knows, it might be the topic of the next show. I'll also be having a Kindle promo for my new book on Amazon in a couple of weeks. So look out for that. And speaking of books, I just teamed up with Audible.com, which is dope. And, and I don't know about you, but I love listening to audiobooks. And, and Audible, check this out, is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial just so you can check them out. You guys, did you get that? It's free. Free is good. Right, so uh, you can download any of my two books, uh, So You Thought You Knew or The Secret to Awesomeness, or you can download any other audiobook of your choice. It's up to you. It's absolutely free. Just go to www.audibletrial.com slash flipside. Again, it's www.audibletrial.com slash flipside for your free audiobook of your choice. So go check it out, guys. Now, remember... All the links and resources will will be in the description, so don't worry about it. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, and please don't forget to write a review and rate the show on iTunes. Uh, Once again, it really helps a lot, guys, and it only takes a few minutes. And if this podcast has helped you in any way, uh, please share it with your friends. Alrighty, guys, once again, thanks for listening, and I'll see you guys on the flip side. I'm out. Peace. Peace.